Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks so much for joining us here on the program. We have a very special guest returning to our studios. I'm so excited to have a studio guest with us here on the program, and I'm going to introduce him in just a moment. But I hope that you will stay with us as we uh, continue bringing you programs on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at richarddugan.com. And the podcasts are on SoundCloud. That's the primary place to go, but then they, we spread it around to Spotify. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. We also are on Blueberry, Player FM, and a number of others that folks are actually reposting us to, which is really cool. Many of our uh, program uh, guests uh, will actually, uh, we send them a copy of the interview, and then they will post it on their website, and it's available. So uh, it's very cool. And to that end, I want to thank those who have supported us financially. I can't thank you enough for for doing that. It 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 makes a huge difference, not just as far as my pocketbook is concerned, but in far as far as you becoming a part of and being involved in the work that we are doing because you're extending your energy out to us and we are putting it to, to good use i promise you by taking care of all of the expenses that are necessary necessary to take care of like uh spotify we have an annual fee that we have to pay for unlimited data space so that we can get all these interviews to you and we hope that you will listen to the entire interview you have to do so because the radio broadcast is only 50 minutes long. So be sure to listen to uh, the entire podcast. To that end, folks who are listening to the podcasts, I uh, did a quick check with my boss, and there are 195 countries in the world. 195. Of those 195, we are listened to in 48 of them. That's one quarter of actually slightly more than one quarter or 25% of the globe's countries like Lithuania and Montenegro, uh, Romania, uh, Morocco, believe it or not, Israel, Poland, the the Republic of Korea. You mean Kim Jong-un is listening to our program? That would be very cool. (laughs) Switzerland, Peru, Belgium, the Czech Republic, uh, Malaysia, which I had a little incident with with my bank account. They were trying to siphon money from my account from Malaysia. Also Portugal, Ecuador, Denmark, uh, Saudi Arabia, Vietnam, the Dominican Dominican Republic, Thailand. I'm not going to go through all 48, but you get the idea that the program is out there. It's getting out there, and we are going to get some help getting it out there even more through our guest here on the program. And by the way, for those of you who would like to support us financially, as I was referring to earlier, um, we have a PayPal and Patreon account, and if you'd like to do so, please, uh, we'll, we'll take uh, we'll take whatever amount you would like to send, uh, and we'll take energetic uh, support as well. Our guest today returns to our microphones and our studio here in Santa Barbara from from the Consciousness Network and the CN.org. We hope that you will check that out. We'll be linked to it. We already are because Forrest Lightberg has been on the program before. What are you, the uh, the president, the CEO, the uh, chief bottle washer? What's your what's your title over there now? Uh, <clears throat> executive director. Ah, okay. I founded the organization four years ago, and the title has changed over the years as the organization has evolved. But essentially, I oversee all 
aspects Ooh. of the operation, marketing, Sounds fundraising, programming, right? <laughs> Sounds a little omniscient <laughs> and omnipresent. <laughs> I know of another character who is sort of omniscient and omnipresent. <laughs> and there are those who would say, we are they mm-hmm. who are omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. <laughs> uh, although we, we use omnipotence very humbly. Very humbly. Thanks for coming back to the program. Oh, my pleasure. I'm very grateful, honored to be here. Thank you for very much for inviting me back. You are very welcome, and, and this won't be the second and last either. I, I plan to have you back on on a regular basis to talk about oh, what not only what the Consciousness Network is doing at thecn.org, but also um, your hopes, dreams, aspirations for it, for you, for the world, because it's one of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing, because you wanted to give back to a world that, in essence, gave you a second chance. And maybe for the next five minutes or so, if it takes that long, that's fine or longer. uh, Share with our listeners who haven't listened to your first interview with us uh, what that was all about back, uh, what was it, uh, when you were 17, 18 years of age? Absolutely. Uh, I was 17 years old and, you know, just a kid, and I was in high school. And I remember very clearly feeling unusually confused, unusually, uh, I was in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. every day. And uh, the pain increased and grew. Until it became, it just took over my experience of life. And I didn't know what, what, what was happening. I had no clue. I didn't know it was physical. I didn't know if it was emotional. I didn't know if it was mental. Mm-hmm. It was, I was so young that I wasn't aware of how to assess this mm-hmm. uh, and how to navigate it. No points of so, reference. What? No points of reference, really. Uh, no points of reference for this. So, you know, in the end, it ended up being um, a benign tumor in my parathyroid gland. And if anybody knows how that works, it it can um, suck calcium from your bones. Oh. And spread it throughout your body. Biddle, br- and brittle just bones wreak and havoc what have you? On, yeah, and yeah. wreak havoc on your body chemistry. So what I was really feeling were my bones mm. being sucked of their the calcium, their calcium yeah. wow. and the bone density being diminished at the time. And I was also feeling the effects of that on the rest of my body and my mind and my emotions, which became very um, just unmanageable. And um, anyways, I... I spent about eight days in the hospital. We, they misdiagnosed me unbelievably. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing, I think, before insurance was like $100,000. Mm. And I walked away with a misdiagnosis. And <clears throat> my father's an integrative medical doctor. So he looked at all the tests that they took. And in his brilliance, he knew, he suspected that it was a benign parathyroid tumor. Based off of the blood work, we went in for testing, and he was right. So uh, UCLA missed the, their whole team missed this. Oh man! My father saw it clearly, 
went in for surgery, and then the next four five four years or so was a journey of navigating back to health and strength, mm. and it involved everything from honestly it was a lot of principles of personal well-being mm-hmm. not just physical health principles through nutrition and movement and sleep but also uh stress management personal growth spending time communing with nature uh having a meaningful sense of contribution to a community around me engaging a health uh, growing a healthier mind all aspects of our being, it, my approach to well-being and my studies of well-being had caused me to learn this approach to well-being that was encompassing of the different aspects of what it entails to be a human being. Yeah. Mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, social, you know, financial. The whole shoot match. <clears throat> yeah. So that was a journey of about four or five years from start to finish of receive of of first experiencing the illness and then healing in the end and i'll wrap the story up in the end i essentially surrendered because nothing i was doing seemed to be working the pain was still there even though i had surgery uh, the pain was just for years yeah so i gave up and i surrendered and i had never been I never really prayed in my life at that time. I think it was 2021. I'd never really prayed actively and regularly. And I just said, look, I I don't know what else I can do. I'm going to give this up to God or the universe. And I'm going to pray every single day. I'm going to start with 10 minutes a day and move up from there. And within, I would say within a month or two, I began working with a medical intuitive. Sounds very woo-woo, but... She guided me to the exact interventions, natural interventions. I remember very clearly the moment I knew I would live a normal life again, that I would not be trapped anymore, that I was going to be moving beyond that phase and chapter of pain Hmm. and suffering. Um, And that was a powerful, potent moment. I'll never forget the moment that I realized that was happening. Wow. Yeah. Matter of fact, we just had a medical intuitive Mm. on uh, Wendy Coulter Mm. is her name. And we talked about that and how she uses it. And it's not uh, an intuitive. uh, uh, It's not uh, using her intuition to cure. It's more to diagnose, if you will, why you have the condition you have. Now, I was going to be a little facetious and say part of your treatment plan was to drink lots of milk and maybe get get your own cow. (laughs) <laughs> to get the calcium back in. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, sure. But I know that that the process of of finding out why and and I shared with her how I was in a program, uh, well, several uh, 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 programs, uh, um, personal growth development, like sure. Life Spring, sure. Uh, sure. which sure. was a spinoff of Vast and so forth back in the eighty early eighties, and how. Um, uh, so a lot of people, when when questioned about certain things, they would ask the question, well, why? Why, 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 why? Like a little two-year-old asking, why, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what you say, they're going to ask you why. And you'll give them an answer and say, well, then why? And they were telling us to learn the lesson, give up the need to know why. And the reason was because they would say, what would knowing why how, I should say, how would knowing why change your life? 
So you find out that this is the reason why you had this situation, this disease or this psychological situation, because your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your schoolmates did this. How is that going to change where you are right now? And And they basically would say it won't. However, over the years, I've learned that and in talking with her, and I'm sure you had the same similar, a similar experience. If you find out why, then you can address it and release yeah. it and move on. And is that what your experience was? I think that um, in that particular case, <clears throat> my asking why had more to do with wanting to derive the spiritual lesson that was behind the experience that I had. Mm-hmm. I, I still believe that there's a reason for everything. Yeah. Uh, that it has to do with our spiritual ev- evolution. Mm-hmm. Becoming more wise, becoming more compassionate, becoming more aware, etc. So at the time, um, I think that it was actually meant to happen in order to change some things in my life that were going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not think that it was rooted in a mental, emotional pattern necessarily. I think my personal belief is most of the time people's symptoms are messages of a deeper pattern, an energetic, mental, psychological, emotional pattern in their life or relationship pattern in their life that is expressing itself as a physical symptom. And you can look at your body as a map, in a sense, for what deeper conflicts there are from you achieving your life's purpose, your fulfillment in life, for really manifesting your potential as a human being. Mm. Um, I think in this particular case, however, this particular illness that I had, it was more scripted for a reason. Mm. It wasn't like there was this imbalance I had with this relationship or this right. belief system or, or whatnot. trauma in your childhood. Right. Yeah, it was, in my opinion, it was um, it was scripted by mm-hmm. a, a higher okay. presence or intelligence. Um, Through the process, mm-hmm. though, what mm-hmm. is the one, well, maybe mm-hmm. not just one, because I'm sure there were a multitude of things that you learned, but was there one specific thing one profound thing that you really learned through oh, that experience? That's a great question. I, I There's was so much. One is no matter what you've been through, mm-hmm. no, your past, that renewal is always a possibility, at least in most cases. Yeah. Um, no matter what your history is, it can be utilized as a gift in your life's purpose and of service to others. You can turn it around and utilize it to benefit those around you and to benefit your own quality of life. But not only that, no matter how dark or how unhealthy one is, there is really such a thing as transformation that lasts. Mm -hmm. You can renew yourself and your spirit. That's what I learned. Yeah. Yeah. And that word transformation uh, was interesting the way it was hammered home to me uh, in one of my one of the interviews in 2019 when I was sharing about how, you know, we're 
you know, we're here with new paradigms for new world, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true, looking for those new ways of living, wanting to change our lives, change our lives, change, 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 which is the one constant in the universe that we are often told we should fear. We don't want change. We want stability. We want certainty, mm-hmm. which I always find funny, especially when I hear the economic news, regardless of what it is, regardless of where the numbers are. Uh, uh, they will always, sometimes they will always tag the report with in these uncertain times. And I'm going, okay, you're saying in these uncertain times, when were there certain times? times? Exactly. (laughs) There never have been certain times. Okay. But the word change and this per one of my guests challenged me, says, you know, you, you you might want to change the word, (laughs) change the word. From change, in, stop using the word change, because if you change it, it can be changed back, as sure. they were putting it. Use the word transformation mm-hmm. or transform. Because mm-hmm. usually once you transform, yeah. it's, you're not going to transform back. It's, it's, a, it's an evolutionary process, as we, as we talk about on the program. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting how we go through these situations. I mean, I haven't even, I haven't spent a lot of time trying to figure out why. I was born into this world, other than maybe because it was part of my contract, why I had these congenital conditions in my eyes, these three, and that today I have a lens implant that allows me to drive the lens implant in my right eye, but that I lose what little vision I had in my left due to glaucoma. Mm. Uh, and of course that goes into a whole nother area that I talk with the medical intuitives and people talking about holistic health and wellness and so forth and cell regeneration. Um, it's not often, and again, it, I say it this way, it's not often that I allow the guest to steer the program or to throw out things. Now, I will say in emails or in conversations prior to the interview, hey, if you have some points that you would like to talk about, I am always open to that. I mean, to me, the, the universe asks the questions, I'm just long for the ride. <laughs> so in one sense, I am going to uh, sort of turn the... Wheel of topics over to you because you have a few things that you would like to discuss on the program. So why don't we start at the top of your list or the one topic that maybe stands out that you'd really like to focus on? Well, uh, thank you. I, I, I do know I sent a few ideas over prior to mm-hmm. our meeting today. One, one, and I love this talk, topic, by the way, that we've been touching on mm-hmm. of healing. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, rich area. Yeah. Um, I mean, so people we, are saying, oh, we need lots of it now because of blah, 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 blah. Sure, sure. And it's like, we always need it. Always need it. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. There's always needed. There's always something. Something next. <laughs> okay. Peeling away the layers of the yeah. onion. And then another area that, you know, has always fascinated me. And I think it it's always a benefit for people to learn how to increase their capacity for uh, creating and by creating, I mean, what's your vision? Mm-hmm. And how do you bring it to life in a real concrete way? Yeah, um, and not just by learning and utilizing psycho- psychological and metaphysical principles, but the nitty gritty mechanics of how do you manage a project in the world so that it is born and is sustainable and grows over Mm -hmm. time yeah how do you lead that and manage it because whatever your vision is in a practical sense it's going to be it's a project yeah and it's a project that consists of a lot of projects it really does right so 
how, how do you become a more effective uh, quote-unquote project manager Okay, but tie that in with your uh, vi- visionary leadership, uh, your spiritual vision of what you want the world to look like yeah. were you to accomplish, were your mission in the world were to be completely fulfilled, yeah. right? And there's a big difference between uh, working to fulfill that vision and seeing it fulfilled. And it's like, yes. okay, so now yes. what do I do? I've <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. Now what's next? But you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, I, I say, we're, you know, I want to change the world. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we have a little announcement that we played during the broadcast, uh, basically where I'm talking to people about how you know, we want to change the world. We want to make it a yeah. better place. That doesn't mean that this is a god-awful place and we need to get the hell out of here. Sure, That's not what sure. I'm saying. Where we are is beautiful. Not just Santa Barbara, but this planet. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, we've got some issues we need to deal with. Yes. But we can make it better. We can make it beautiful for everyone. And and that's really where we're coming from. So when you talk about trying to find one's vision in that regard, mm-hmm. in your case, for example, to make this a better place for everyone, to uh, I like to use the word equitable for everyone not equal but equitable Equitable. for everyone all eight billion people because i know we've got to be getting close to that number but for everyone why is that why is that why do people think that's impossible it's not it's not and i'm not going to sit and argue with people who say oh no we never went to the moon no no that was all on a sound stage i i choose i choose to believe that we spent 10 or more years in the 60s, okay, uh, in particular, we spent those 10 years to put a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was the last time that, and a lot of people might say, oh, no, it was 9-11. I'm talking about the globe. It, the, in 1969, it was the last time that the globe, as a people, stopped mm. and watched and waited and so forth. And we're all sort of united in one one thought of this is amazing that man has done this yeah. and can okay, we want to make sure these three men come back right. safely to tell their stories and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, that was the last time. Mm. And it's to me that's so sad that in 50 years 50 years. I was nine years old and I was glued to the black and white. Yeah, it's, it's just awestruck, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's so sad that we haven't been able to. Yeah. I mean, today's times are so device, device, device. Yeah. Groups, people are so divided. And, you know, friendship, Lots best of friends break up oh, because yeah. of political Couples views. break Couples up. Couples break up because oh, of political views. And, and um, I, I, I think it would do everyone well to emphasize more their own journey of spiritual evolution, their own major purpose in life and fulfilling it Mm -hmm. and taking it and simultaneously taking energy away from their attachment to their viewpoints and their us versus them sort of attitude. Um, We would all do well to, focus more on our own 
the unfolding of our own potential as human beings and as change makers in the world versus making sure that everybody else is believing the same things, operating in the same way or a way that seems acceptable to us. Um, there is a wonderful, yeah. wonderful principle uh, that you, you hear quite often. Uh, that is that if everybody agreed with me, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's yeah, something yeah. wrong. Now, I want to touch upon that. I was doing a little research last night prior to this interview, and I don't know exactly where this came from, but I wanted to research some words, okay? And one of those words was bigotry. I wanted to find out what's the def- the definition not what people think, but what does Webster's or Mer- what Merriam-Webster's uh, definition of the word bigotry mean? And this is just one of the two words that I, uh, one of the three words that I looked up. And this is what's interesting. Now, most people probably think bigotry is tied uh, to uh, race. Okay. And um, uh, it's actually, it's really interesting and fascinating to me. That it's not. This is the number one definition. Um, abstain. Uh, let's see. Obstinate, obstinate, or intolerant devotion to one's own opinion mm. or or prejudices. The state of mind of a bigot. Now, wow. Take out prejudices. That has nothing to do with race if you are headstrong on your ideas and you don't give a damn about anybody else's you're a bigot yeah isn't that interesting yeah it's you know you we live in a time where when you express your opinion Mm -hmm. about a world issue on social media right there's somebody who's going to be insulted and who in all and probably chances are that somebody's going to say something on the defensive, yeah, or try and attack you, right? And, um, anyways, it's just unfortunately you can't control that either. Yeah, yeah, it's the way our culture is right now. Right. I think, you know, before my time, uh, people used to um, uh, Democrats and Republicans and people with different viewpoints. Actually, they used to have meals together. They yeah. used to. They used to. They were okay with their differences. Well, you remember but, uh, yeah. who Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan are? Yes. All right, Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the House, and he and Reagan used to go at it hammer and tong yeah. politically, but they were friends behind the scenes. They would have dinners together. Yeah. And th- I feel times have changed a lot. It, things are a lot more turbulent. And intense. However, um, there's far more to a human being than their political views. Yeah. There's so much there's so much more depth there than the surface of their yeah. political views. Exactly. There's a deep human being there with fears and and love and and compassion and dreams and hurt and aspiration. And spirit, right there, right there, and to 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 uh, to not acknowledge that uh, and really honor that is uh, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Second word was prejudice. Yeah, or sure. you want to break it down? Prejudge. 
Okay, and it says here, injury or damage resulting from some judgment or action of another in disregard of one's rights, uh, especially uh, detriment to one's legal rights or claim, preconceived judgment or opinion, an adverse opinion or learned or learning formed without just grounds or before sufficient knowledge. Sure. And I'll throw in facts. And again, that again has absolutely nothing to do with uh, your gender, your sexual preference, your political preference, your race, your color, your creed, and whatever other dividing lines you want to create. Mm-hmm. It's all on the person who is perceiving what's going on out there and in their minds has already made up their mind. They've prejudged this person. And that's one of the reasons why I find it interesting when we hear breaking news, a particular event happened and it just happened. It just, or a fire breaks out and everybody wants to know now who started it. Well, how is it started? Where is it going? I mean, they want to know everything right this minute. And Mm -hmm. it just, you aren't going to get that kind of information right away. Right. And yet there will be people, if there are individuals who are involved in a particular incident, who are immediately branded before any of the information is out. It wasn't who was it? The this young man who uh, was accused uh, at one of the Olympic Games here in the States uh, during one of the Olympic Games. And there's a movie made about him just recently mm-hmm. uh, where he was accused and he had nothing to do with it. But they ruined his life. Right. Right, right, and everybody right. thought, and they prejudged him for whatever reason. It's like you haven't got all the facts yet. You, it's impossible for yeah. you to know. First of all, you weren't there. I mean, and again, with all due respect, I would have to argue with someone. All right, I saw on TV what was going on on nine eleven, but I wasn't there, mm-hmm. and I've seen what Hollywood can produce. So I'm going to say, I don't know that it happened because I wasn't there. I have to wait for more facts to come in to find out who was responsible and what happened and mm-hmm. da 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 mm-hmm. and, and I think that's one of the problems that we have today, too. When we go inside ourselves, we're bombarded by, what do they call it, the monkey mind? The monkey mind. The monkey mind. And we don't trust self. Talk to us a little bit about trusting self. Well, um, and maybe getting the I'm, answers we need from self. I um, I claim I don't claim to be an expert or a spiritual teacher right now, so I can only share, you know, what what I believe and what I what I've learned from personal experience that feels meaningful to me. Um. To me, it's always been important, and again, taking this conversation back to what's your major purpose in life? Mm-hmm. What are your major purposes in life? What's your calling of your heart? What's your, what is that? Yeah. And trusting that and making that the prime focus of your attention in your life. Yeah. Um, I think taking a leap and trusting that even though there's uncertainty around whether or not it's going to be fulfilled, 
what's going to happen? Am I capable of this? If one can have a trust or a faith in that possibility of their vision, of their major purpose in life, that would be the most meaningful expression of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a power that um, can overcome all sorts of obstacles and challenges, adversities. I'm I sure mean, you would agree then with the yeah. statement, it is better to begin in doubt and end in certainty than to begin in certainty and end in doubt. To begin in doubt, to can you say it again? To begin in doubt and end in certainty mm-hmm. is better than beginning in certainty and, and ending end in, in doubt. doubt. Yeah, I mean, I... I, hmm. I mean, how can you even begin in certainty? Yeah, and that's the thing about trust or faith mm-hmm. in this context is that the certainty has to come from within. Mm-hmm. Not it's not a certainty in the in the absolute this is going to happen. It's a certainty as in I have a certainty in this vision. I believe in this vision so much that I will do whatever it takes. And the certainty is a commitment to your purpose. So to me, that's, that's a deeply important area of trust is, um, is deep belief or faith even when circumstances don't show themselves to, even when you don't know if it's really going to happen. Like, we, none, none of us do. Look at Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant. Yeah. Kobe Bryant wasn't planning on passing away. No. Nothing. He had other plans. He had children. Oh, he had, he had dreams. Life, dreams, and, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Right? But he was the kind of guy who I think he lived fairly fully, and he did so many different things. Um, he believed and he trusted in his passions and his dreams and what called his heart, Yeah. right? And um, I think there was a sense of certainty within himself that it was worth pursuing, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. That kind of certainty from within that Mm -hmm. he had, in spite of the fact that maybe some of the projects Mm -hmm. that he was uh, desirous of in his dreams and his vision— uh, maybe there were some doubts, not so much about them coming true, but about maybe how to go about yeah. bringing them to fruition. Yeah, y- y- there's no there's no realistic, factual trust in something happening in the future yeah. that you can predict. Look again, look at Kobe Bryant. Yeah, but um, you can trust in yourself, yeah. and you can have your trust and place your faith and certainty in things that are more in your control, and that's actually enough, I think. Of course, that's assuming we have any control at all, externally. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people will probably say to you, hey, Forrest, no, we don't have control. No, yeah, yeah. Except what's going on on the inside. That's right. That's it. That's right. I don't have any control over what's going to happen here in the next five minutes. We could suddenly, the power could suddenly go out. And I think that's (laughs) enough. I think the control we have... Yeah. Of ourselves and the way we conduct ourselves, the way we position ourselves in our lives. That's enough. Yeah. And enough 
as in it's enough to create a fulfilling, meaningful experience of life. Yeah. There's a lyric in a song, and I, I'm not going to quote it exactly because I'm not remembering it exactly, but the line, and this this goes back uh, probably 30, 40, or 50 years, uh, but the line in the song has something to, uh, goes something along the lines of, you know, uh, you know, he wants to control my life. I'll be, uh, you know, he, you know, uh, he wants to control my life. I'll be damned if I'm going to let him do that because he can barely control his own. <laughs> That kind of thing. I wish I could remember the, the title of the song. It's I'm going to have to look those lyrics up. Sure. <clears throat> but that's what's going on in our world today, that there are certain people who they want to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. tell us how to live. They want to tell us what parameters, uh, what boundaries within that we can that we can uh, uh, live in, uh, whether it be uh, uh, partners or jobs or education or location uh, or, or any other uh, religious spiritual beliefs. I, I that was one of the things that I challenged the Christian radio station all about. I said, we have. All of these different choices that we can make in what we eat, what we drink, what we think, uh, where we get, uh, how we get educated, uh, where we can go, and all of the other aspects of human physical life. And you're telling me there's only one way to God? It makes no sense. It's illogical to me. To me. And I, and when I say these kinds of things, I never put it out there for other people. I never am so bigoted. I'm not bigoted to the extent that, no, and everybody else needs to believe sure, this too. Sure, no, sure, I, sure. matter of fact, please don't. Unless you come to the same conclusion that I have. Sure, unless you've sure, thought sure. it through logically. And, uh, and, and that's, to me, very important. Forrest uh, Lightberg is my guest. He is the founder, the executive director, chief bottle washer over at uh, <laughs> the Consciousness Network, or the CN.org. We encourage you to go there and find out more about uh, this organization. What's, uh, and what's next on our hit parade as far as uh, conversation here today? Conversation. I think, you know, we were talking about healing earlier. Yes, we can go back there. That would be very neat. Let's do it. Because yeah, um, I have a pain over here. Are you a doctor? And I can't. no, no, I'm no doctor, but <laughs> I could call one for you. I bet you could. Yeah, uh, an intu- I would have no problem with an intuitive healer, oh. a medical intuitive. Um, a matter of fact, it was interesting. I went through that entire interview with Wendy Coulter, mm-hmm. and sometimes when I have people on like her, I say, well, let me ask you a question about this. And it's not exactly consciously asking for a free diagnosis. I never asked her about anything about myself this time. It was, it was really interesting. I was aware of that after the interview was over. Going, Gee, I could have asked her about this, that, and ah, everything. Right. Where's that coming from? But in terms of healing, this was a question I wanted to po- I want to pose to you that I posed to her. Mm-hmm. I am a Reiki master. And when I was taught Reiki, when I was going through my training for the three, through the three levels, one, two, and three, to become a master, Reiki master, I was always taught... That when you use this energy, when you become the conduit for that energy, you don't put any intent into that energy. You are sending that energy to that person to do with as they choose. My, and I always use the story of my uncle, my father's brother, who was dying of cancer. And we did an absentee healing. I got a picture of his and we sent him that energy and we were told the story of how he got angry and threw his medicine across the room, got in his wheelchair, wheeled across the compound to see his son and have some closure amazing. and then died. Mm. Our intent wasn't to heal him so that he would live longer. Our intent was to give him the energy to do what he needed to do before he transitioned right, right. to the next world. 
Mm. What are your thoughts in regards to that? And as I put it, our Orthodox medical community, not just na- nationally, but globally, that basically doesn't know when to say when, when the patient says uncle. Yeah. Gosh. Um, I know that's a big one. <laughs> this. I grew up with an integrative medical doctor. He was my father. So I grew up not really using pharmaceutical medications, mm-hmm. just only when absolutely necessary in short-term bursts. Um, I do believe that while the allopathic medical system is crucial for so many of us who deal with certain challenges, physical challenges, um, and there's an appropriate place for it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's very short-sighted in many ways. Um, In fact, sometimes it's a little sick because... Uh, and it may be controversial to some of the people who actually work within the medical field, what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. But in since when did we become obsessed with treating everything we can with pharmaceutical medication? I mean, wh- why why not allow the body to go through its natural cycles? And not in every... I mean, this is not in every yeah, circumstance, of course. Right, right. right? But... Um, I think drugs are overpushed. I think they're they're just too they're too uh, casually prescribed. Yeah. Um, I think that they're misprescribed. Right. Um, I think that people have more power than they're told to navigate through their own healing processes and allow the body. <laughs> To heal itself. Yeah. The body is designed to heal itself. Yeah. I mean, right. if you get your chemistry in balance, your body has its own pharmaceutical it does. company. Or it's its exactly own medicine right. cabinet. It It's literally designed to heal itself. Yeah. And its intelligence is far beyond our rational minds. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to say that there are circumstances where allopathic medical intervention is crucial and important. Um, but I think that the balance, it's its out of balance on a collective level. Yeah. I mean, look at the depression, anxiety that's out there. Oh. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it is just the normal cycle of a person's life. I mean, feeling depressed and, and anxious about certain things is normal and natural. And I just wonder how much of the medication is prescribed for the normal, natural experiences of sadness or depression or the normal healthy ups and downs uh, versus people who actually need to be on medication. It would be very interesting to know what percentage for each category. I have to say that if I had uh, gone to school Mm -hmm. 10 years later than I did... Mm -hmm. They probably, maybe, maybe, I don't think my folks would have allowed it, but they may be, uh, they might have wanted to put me on Ritalin Mm -hmm. because I was a very energetic, active child. Hyperactive would probably be an appropriate diagnosis 
from the 80s, but I remember being taught as a in biology in school, grade school, high school, that boys and girls are different, that boys learn differently than girls, that boys have a higher energy level, whereas girls, as they're going through their early school age years, their brains have developed a little bit more, so they're learning, shall we say, uh, at a different rate, at a maybe a faster rate, not a better rate, but different. Sure. sure. And now all of a sudden you want to normalize them all. Mm-hmm. But you just told me that they were all they were all different. Both speed that both right. sexes were different from one another. Mm-hmm. Let alone individuals. Well, clearly we're different. Yeah. I mean, just clearly sure. we're different. I mean, not in every way, but right. But in many ways. But that yeah. was such a paradox for me. I'm going, mm. what are you doing? Sure, sure, sure. What well, are it's you very doing? politically correct, yeah. right? right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the And people really need to stop interfering with their body's natural healing processes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the diets that people are eating, the poor nutrition, the lack of sleep, the stress, etc., um, being coming educated about these areas is so crucial and it, actually implementing the information. There's a lot of yeah. misinformation out there. Oh yeah. But the truth is when you dial it down, you just want to eat real food. Yeah. And as far as like major categories of food, there's not that many. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it, if you're eating real food, not processed, manufactured right. crap, then you're already going to be way better yeah. off. As much um, as I love Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but people are so, I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, it, it's everywhere. The junk food, the Twinkies, the oh, chips. The, and the, I have to tell you that the advertisements mm-hmm. for some of these fast food places, mm-hmm. the images on TV don't even look appetizing. Yeah. I mean, it's... Oh, the, uh, wow. They li- they're intentionally created to be addictive. Yeah. And it's just really sad, yeah. you and know? You and know what's it, funny is every time I see uh, and I have to I'm going to have to mention the yeah. the restaurant. Every time I see a KFC commercial, I I have the urge to go get some regular uh K- KFC chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, just two pieces and a little roll and you know but I don't, you know, I, I don't do it. First of all, because it's probably nine or 10 o'clock at night, <laughs> probably closed for one. But it's like, then that voice goes, no. And you know, that's not good for you. Mm-hmm. You, you already know that's not good for you. I don't have to tell you, right. still smart voice says <laughs> that it's not good for you. You already know that. And I'm going to reinforce that, you know, it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you don't. We'll find something else that you like that is Either A, less harmful to you, or B, that it's really good for you, that you like. Right. You right, know. Right, right. Um, and that's one of the things that I think that the still small voice can do for us. Kinesiology is a, uh, is a big, uh, th- something that I learned about uh, in the 80s uh, through this one woman. Her name was Carol Kepler out of uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it was, it, to me, it was just fascinating. We're fast approaching the end of our program, which I, I always detest, especially when we're on a roll. And I know we've only covered a couple of topics yeah, here, yeah, yeah. but that's the reason why we're going to have you back. Very nice. I we're going to have you back because um, we need to talk about these things. If people get 
uh, feel as though, my God, he's just not letting up on these subjects. And it's always the same thing every time. Well, that's because the universe apparently feels that it's necessary to continue to bring these subjects up. But it's all around 2020, the year of perfect vision. And we can have that perfect inner vision if we will just but spend time quietly, if you can find a place in nature. I mean, I don't know how many parks there are just in Santa Barbara alone, Mm -hmm. just in the city, okay, that you could go to and just sit quietly in the late afternoon, maybe after work for, it doesn't have to be very long, 10, 15 minutes, and just listen to the birds and, and, you know, if you feel okay to do this, close your eyes and so forth. Yeah, I I, I think um, people, when they really honor themselves in their spirit, their body, their mind, um, there is a clear, a clarity and a clearness, a clear headedness, a potency, a a power and a strength that they can cultivate. And that's important because you're literally increasing your capacity to pursue and fulfill your major purposes in life. Yeah. Which is, to me, the most important thing that you can do with your life. The most meaningful thing. And I'm not saying it's only has to do with your career. Yeah. Your relationships, your impact on the world, mm-hmm. your business, whatever you're doing, your, for, your work. Um, when you are honoring yourself and your spirit and your body and your mind and you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. You're literally building your capacity to fulfill that purpose in life, yeah. your purposes. And what could be more important? Absolutely. You know? Forrest Lightberg, I yeah. want to thank you so much for joining us on the program. Normally I ask the three questions, but we are so short on time that ah, I'll have okay. to postpone that till next time. You did ask them in our last interview, and I'm sure the answers are probably still the same, but I thank <laughs> you so much, and I encourage people to go to thecn.org. We will be linked to your website, and again, I thank you for joining us thank here in the studio. Thank you very much. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, and until next time, love to lull.